Welcome to Take Heart, where our goal is to offer encouragement and give hope and insight so you can flourish in your journey as a special needs mom. As we explore monthly themes and share inspiring stories and practical tips, our desire is for you to feel connected and encouraged. Hi, this is Sarah Klein, and I'm here with Carrie M. Holt and Amy J. Brown. Thank you for joining us. Today is week two of a special three-part series on therapy. Today's show is called Why Moms Don't Go to Counseling. And last week kicked off our three-part series, and we talked about how counseling helps us. Next week, make sure to tune in for our third and final week of our series, and we will be talking about our therapy expectations versus the reality. But first and foremost, we want to state that we are not experts in therapy, nor are we licensed therapists. We believe in and have our own experiences with therapy and counseling. The following podcast is advice only from our perspective as clients of therapy and counseling. Last week, we talked about the benefits to therapy, and unfortunately, there are many barriers to therapy. So let's just jump right in, shall we? (laughs) Fortunately, I feel that there are a lot of barriers. There's also in this day and age, and if there's anything that came from COVID, we have found that there is a lot online that I think came from that, that we can find to counterbalance that, those barriers. Um, Before we get into that, what has, in your personal experience, what has been um, or have been your biggest, most profound barriers to therapy? And if more than one that you have experienced, were they seasonal? Were they short or long-term? Just share everything. (laughs) Okay, I'll I'm go. kidding. <laughs> I won't share everything. Um, this is Amy, and um, I think I would say uh, not initially. I didn't have a barrier because I needed to be there, but I think it's really common of parents of kids with behavioral issues. There's a huge shame factor going into mm. therapy. Whether the therapy is you're taking your child to a therapist, because probably um, because my kids have mental health issues. They were at a therapist earlier than maybe your guys' kids were at a therapist. So you're heading into an office with a kid who has severe behavioral and mental health issues, and they're, and then you're trying to deal with your own feelings around it. And for me, I just felt a lot of shame, like, they're going to think I'm a bad mom. Um, surely some of this is my, most of this is my fault. So in my experience in that arena, I would go in kind of, you know, waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. And and to be honest, there are times when therapists, I've heard other moms have kids like mine say, yeah, the therapist didn't get it. But, and also kids with RAD can be really um, manipulative. It takes a while for the therapist to kind of see through behavior. So for me, I think that was one. The other one is my own expectation that it's not that bad. Other people have it worse than me, kind of a comparison thing. So I should be able to handle this which is not very wise, honestly. Um, It just hinders us from getting the help we need. Mine kind of goes along with Amy's in that I just, for the longest time, I mean, throughout most of my adult life, just felt like when you go see a counselor, that's like the last resort because somehow you failed. Mm -hmm. And it was a lie. It's a complete lie. But it was one that I had believed for so long that, because I'm going to go see a therapist, it's because my marriage is completely falling apart or I, you know, I'm failing at being a mom. I'm failing at parenting my children. And so, you know, it's this last resort. And 
I think it was that interview with Amber that Amy did where she said, the day of your diagnosis, you need to find a therapist. And I really wish I would have heard that advice years Mm -hmm. ago because Mm -hmm. I think there are just certain things that I would be in a better place with. And so it, it was just getting over really combating that lie, the lie that I have failed. Yeah. I wish we could normalize therapy with like getting a physical and all the other normal things that we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. just part of what we do to be healthy and not like this big event. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think too that we, and again, not blaming, I like, I am not blaming my family whatsoever, but it just, it wasn't normal growing up. Like, I didn't know. There was no one in my family that went to therapy. It wasn't a common occurrence. It just wasn't a common topic as it was now. Um, Self-love, self-compassion, self-care, none of that was, Mm -hmm. you just didn't hear of that. My mom was not like, I'm going to go for a day of (laughs) self-care. That just wasn't, that just wasn't it. It was, she took care of the family and that was it. And so whether or not that wasn't taught to me necessarily, but subconsciously, I I learned that. And so whenever it was time for me to go to therapy, and this was completely 100% what I realized my biggest barrier for myself was myself whenever I first went. I did not cry. I did not want to cry. I did not want to show emotion. I did not mm-hmm. trust a lot. I put up walls. No one felt safe, even including my husband at that point. If I could keep everything copacetic, and everybody was happy, then I was happy. Mm-hmm. And it was just, um, and that wasn't martyrish. It just was, I just didn't want to hear anything. I didn't. Want, it was more selfish than mm-hmm. anything. It was just, I was tired and I did not want any emotions. If everybody would just be quiet, it, it was very uncomfortable for me. And so I was my biggest obstacle at first. Mm-hmm. And I had actually, the therapist gave me scientific data on why it is good for the human body to cry. That was and now, as these two can attest to, I'm a hot mess <laughs> in a good way because anything can make me cry. Like, it was like she gave me scientific data and I'm like, well, I guess I need to be happy. I will cry <laughs> every single time I turn around. <laughs> it's like I have all of these decades to make up for. But, I mean, seriously, sometimes I think we are our biggest. But then then whenever I realized how beneficial it was for me, I wanted both of my sons to be in it. I wanted us to be in it individually because we we started as couples. And then the money started adding up and insurance does not cover it. Right. And then I felt, well, it's more important for my sons to be in it. It's more important for them. And that's where the money needs to go. And so then I started backing off and. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think lack of resources is definitely mm-hmm. a huge barrier or you have to kind of pick and choose in your family who goes mm-hmm. first or and a lot of times, at least in my experience, the counselors that our insurance does pay for are not necessarily the ones that Mm-mm. you want to see necessarily. And so I know one of the things that has really helped me, and I think it's just because of the roundabout way that I ended up doing story work first and then seeing a counselor is two amazing resources that can cost no money or very little money is uh, Adam Young's podcast, The Place We Find Ourselves. He is a licensed Mm -hmm. counselor and he works through, even if you go back and start at day one and just 
look at the titles and he talks about your story of origin and why it's important to look at your wounds and all of those things. And some may apply to you, some may not. And then Dr. Allender's uh, Center for Psychology and Theology out in Seattle has story workshops. And actually last April, I did a week on, weekend long story workshop. And those do cost a little bit of money. But if you go on their website, and we'll have a link in the show notes, they have several different kinds of online courses. There's one for marriage. There's one called Redeeming Heartache that is around a book that he co-wrote with an author named Kathy. And then they also have one for marriage. And and Adam Young also offers sessions, weekend sessions with different people. His workshops are a little bit less expensive than, than even the Allender Center. But both of those podcasts have really helped me, and they're free. Mm-hmm. And also, we can remember that um, some therapy groups have sliding scale. You know, they can look at your income and and um, help you with that. I wanted to comment that, Sarah, you said that I'm a, I didn't want to cry. I didn't want to feel the feelings. Well, my therapist had told me that um, people come in and say, I'm afraid if I start feeling anger or grief, I just won't ever come out of it. But mm-hmm. our body can only handle that of strong emotion for, it was like t- for 40 seconds, she told me. I forget the exact amount. It was kind of encouraging for mm-hmm. that to think, oh, I'm not going to be swallowed up in this. Um, I think that's a barrier people think of. I, I also want to say another barrier, and I'm not pointing fingers at any particular church, but in general, the church is a barrier. Mm-hmm. I have so many moms talk to me about the church doesn't understand trauma, Um I think right. I think we need Jesus and therapy. <laughs> so I, I yes. know that that is huge in the church. And it kind of makes me mad, I'll be honest, because I'm not saying that Christ can't redeem all. He does and he can, but we need help along the way in right. the form of therapy. Yeah. And I think any good minister, any mm-hmm. good pastor is going to be so overloaded with their flock anyway because people will be coming to them so much that they can't handle all of that anyway. Um, And it's, there are so many, you know, another barrier too is I would encourage people, you don't have to stick with your the first therapist Mm -hmm. that you go to. Right. I, my husband and I went to two different therapists and we finally found one that we felt comfortable with. And then I, I went to several different therapists and it's really hard when you're in a mental space thinking there's something wrong with you. Then to say, I don't feel comfortable with that therapist, not to think that something's wrong with you. (laughs) Right. Um, But you're allowed to ask questions. You're allowed. There's different types of therapy. And they're not there to judge you. They're there to help uncover who you truly are mm-hmm. and to get at your at the base of who you are and to try to help you deal with those. And if you don't feel comfortable, trust that. I mm-hmm. mean, that's all I would say is just yeah. trust that. Um, and it's okay to go to someone new. Give it a little time, right. but also trust your instincts. Right. Um, yeah. So those are some barriers as well. And also, I know moms will say, we don't have time. We're busy special needs moms. And, you know, since COVID, you're right, Carrie, we can do stuff online. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I sometimes see my therapist online. There's also, um, I think it's called BetterHelp. They have mm-hmm. online therapy. Um, I think you can make it happen an hour a month, <laughs> right. but you just have to look outside the box sometimes. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. And the truth is we do make time for what is important and what, what we make a priority. And you might be in a spot where it's just not a priority yet, but even seeing someone, you know, every other month or every six weeks and mm-hmm. because sometimes you can't stay in that space all the time of, of dealing with, you know, stories and dealing with trauma because it takes a lot of mental energy and emotional energy and spiritual energy to dive into that sometimes that sometimes it's good to have a little bit of time in between appointments and things like that. But yeah, I think that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Again, we could go down a big rabbit trail with this one, but I think we hit on some of the big ones and um, I would also encourage anybody if you're listening and there's some more that you think that we didn't cover or that you would want to share with us, um, please reach out to us. We are always open to suggestions. And um, I think that this is a really important topic. And it's a topic that I could see that we would touch on again. Um, Mm -hmm. This is just one that I think isn't talked about enough. So if you want to, you can always reach out to us at takeheartspecialmoms at gmail.com. We're here to talk to you at any time. So, um, Carrie, will you finish this out with prayer, please? Yes. Taylor, I just ask that you be with those who are listening, that whatever barriers that they might have, whether it's shame or lies that they're believing or a cost or time or not enough help with their children, that they cannot see someone, that you will just remove those barriers, lead them to the right counselor or a therapist or whoever they might need that can walk alongside them and help them to just gain insight and strength and allow them to remember this important part of caring for their souls so they can continue to be caregivers for their children and families. In Jesus' name, amen. There are links to anything we mentioned in this episode's show notes, and all of our resources, including an entire written transcript of this episode, are available on our website at takeheartspecialmoms.com.